Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, Matt. <laughs> so I was distracted then. I was, I was reading bad reviews. <laughs> Professional as always. Uh, as well as when we have a guest, it all goes wrong for Matt. Uh, he's always sort of a bit confused. But we've got a friend of the podcast back again, Matthew. It's Amon Warman. Welcome to the podcast again, Amon. Hello, hello. How, how, how you all doing? We're bearing up. Um, what week is this of lockdown? Does anyone know? Nope. <laughs> I've stopped even calling days of the week. I just everything's basically feels like a Sunday. So you just walk around going, oh, Sunday much. The... <laughs> it's like a hot Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, come on, you've come on with a blinder again. What's the movie you've chosen today? I've chosen Man on Fire. Here's the trailer. There were 24 kidnappings in Mexico City in the last six days. Have you protected a lot of children before, Mr. Creasy? Bodyguards gotta be close to people. You know, I'm no good at that. Be the silent type. People are gonna appreciate that. 16 years of military experience, extensive counterterrorism work. What happened to your hand? It's a birth defect. No, it's not. No more questions. That's it. Period. You hear me? Peter just wants to be friends. I regret that your profession needs to exist. So do I, Marjorie. He's like a bear. Yeah? Big, sad bear. Good things happen too, Gracie. Yeah? Like what? Like meeting me. <laughs> Gracie, you're smiling. Pita! Pita! Chrissy's art is death. He's about to paint his masterpiece. So yeah, Man on Fire, 2004. Let's go through a quick plot synopsis. So in Mexico City, a former CIA operative swears vengeance on those who commit unspeakable acts against the family he was hired to protect. Cast-wise, it's pretty phenomenal. There's some great names in here. Denzel Washington, obviously, we've mentioned. Dakota Fanning, uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, is it Rada Mitchell? I don't know if I'm pronouncing her first name correctly, but is it Rada? I think, I th I think he got it right. And th there are others, and we can maybe touch upon uh, some of those later on. But yeah, cast-wise, it's, it's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, when you pinged me and told me that um, I'm going to pick this film, I'm like, we, we can't do that. That's, that's not for our podcast. We, we, we pick films that have been, you know, derided critically. And then you had to actually prove to me that, the, you know, that this wasn't reviewed well, um, especially on Rotten Tomatoes, where it's got, was it 38%, 39%? 39%, yeah, which is a bit of a splatter. In, in terms of sort of IMDb score, which is, is, it fares much better. You've got a pretty decent 7.7, .7, which is nowhere near the bunker in terms of rating. It has some great moments in it and some real great performances. What's your kind of 
take on Denzel Washington in this role, Amon? Uh, he's fantastic, as he always is. Denzel Washington is my favourite actor of all time, and he knocks it out of the park again. We get different flavours of Denzel in this. Um, the first hour, the swagger that you typically associate with Denzel is not there because the character is broken. Um, Denzel is very good at playing messy characters and that's a style when he's drifting towards alcoholism, when he's almost dead-eyed, when he's just kind of given up on life, it's beautifully performed. And then when Peter, the girl, starts to sort of coax his character, Creasy, out of his shell, that modulation to, you know, getting a new lease on life is beautifully played as well. And then when the movie and the kidnapping happens, then sort of the swagger of uh, and you get that typical, I won't say typical, but the, the, a Denzel performance that uses more of his sort of, you know, Denzelishness, for want of a better word, in a big way. And that yeah. comes through in a, in a really cool way. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he does nuance very well. And I think with, with Denzel Washington, Everything's under the surface, it feels like. He's, he's incredibly still, uh, but you can just feel all that bubbling tension going on underneath. And, and when he, even when the most sort of dramatic circumstances that he's in, he, he keeps a level head. And you see bits and pieces of him in this movie where he loses a little bit of control, especially in the, in the, in like the drinking moments there, where you can see that, that tension and that, that emotion bubbling over when he's incredibly drunk. But other than that, he's still, isn't he? He's so he's kind of cool. Yeah, cool fact that Denzel definitely brings that. Just, you know, even in, in the scenes with, with Peter, when he's sort of, you know, beginning to come out of his shell, even that is cool to a point because I'm not watching it. I'm like, you know, if Denzel is your swimming coach, you have no choice to not only get better at swimming, but to become an Olympian level swimmer. Because <laughs> some, some, some of the training advice that he gives is like, it's just so cool. Like the gunshot yeah. holds no fear, say it. The gunshot holds no fear, say it. <laughs> you know, I need Denzel to be my life coach is basically what I'm saying. You need, you need um, the only side with those scenes was that the fact he never actually used a gun. Yeah. His voice is the only thing he needs. Right, his yeah, voice, like, I, two I, bricks. I, yeah, that's it, two bricks. And... <laughs> but, but Denzel has also mastered the art form of being threatening without raising his voice. And he does it, he, he does it, he's done it a lot in a lot of films. And he does it, in, it does it here as well. And every time he does it, it's just so cool. Like yeah. that 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 mo- that scene when uh, he puts the 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 bomb in the guy's butt, in that sequence, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think he has a line that where he says like we we've got all the time in the world, you don't pay do, and the way he says yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. just it's, 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 it's cool. Yeah, um, it's very so good. yeah, there's, there's always that factor when it comes to Denzel. It's, just... it's really entertaining to watch. Uh, I like the way that they didn't really um, hammer his previous because clearly he's a man with a background right but it's never forced down your throat you don't get any sort of flashbacks there's no explanation of like scars on his hands or even any sort of direct reference to what he's been in the past I mean I think the only real clue you get is his CV at the front which is kind of flashing across the scene you see some military references in there but the rest mm. of his history up until the point the film starts is until the end well throughout the whole entire film is a complete mystery you know? it's always better that way. I think, you know, an- another film which does that, which makes an excellent job of that to, to, to a better degree than this film, actually, I would say, is John Wick. 
Um, yes. Topic. Yeah. Don't sort of you know all the details, but you know just enough, and you know that the guy is feared to a level which is just you know it's almost supernatural, and it helps that film no end. Um, that's another film I love. The roles that Denzel Washington plays is Creasy and Christopher Walken, Paul Rayburn, is kind of like his. Um, what is he in, to him? I'm trying to figure out. Is he kind of like a, a mentor, isn't he? A mentor, yeah. middleman, sort uh, of organized. I wouldn't say mentor. I'd say more friend and arms dealer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's the guy Creasy comes to when he needs the weapons. There's a chance, like in the past, they've either worked together or it was his commanding. Oh, yeah, no, they, they, def- def- like. they definitely work together. That immortal line about uh, masterpiece. A man can be an artist in anything, that, 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 that line. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny. Like, in, in another film said by another actor, that line comes across as overly cheesy and it's quickly forgotten and we never really speak of or you know, think of that scene ever again. In yeah. this film said by Christopher Walken, it's the most memorable line of the film. <laughs> it's one of the most memorable lines in the past 20 years of film. <laughs> and it's just instantly iconic. Um, and I... He's going to paint his masterpiece, isn't it? Is the kind of ending. Yeah. The the thing I was going to say. And then, and then, oh. and then it says it says I have nothing else to say, and that is the last line. That's the last time you see Christopher Walken <laughs> in the entire film. It's great. It's like a mic oh, drop moment. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> my my favorite line in the film though is when he's got the father sat there and he just kind of shouts at him and just sort of like um, you move, you make one sound and I'll snatch the life way out. Of you. Yeah. Like, oh, that sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's what I'm saying. He but he puts the fear of God into you. It's, yeah. it's, 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 He's just mastered that, that art. It's, it's fantastic. The relationship between uh, Christopher Walken and, and, and Denzel Washington on screen, you can tell that they've obviously either, I don't know if they've worked together before, but they're just their chemistry, they're obviously similar kind of age, I guess. But the, the way they kind of just hold the camera, I know potentially some of the scenes they did together were improvised slightly, which mm. definitely comes through. It looks really natural. But I, I, could, I could definitely sit and watch them for 90 minutes just stood around a barbecue licking their fingers and a, a, a finger lick off oh, yeah, that, was that was nasty they were trying to out lick each other at one yeah. point he's <laughs> like what are you doing but the yeah, food no, is gone it's past <laughs> hey I lick my lips of barbecues too leave the man alone but um finger licking good but, uh, <laughs> exactly. you're, you're absolutely right about the the naturalness like that scene where Creasy's tried to kill himself and the bullet has failed and he calls up Christopher Walken the broken senses add to that feeling of ad-libbing of naturalness and that just you know accentuates the friendship between those two men even more I could say the same thing about uh the relationship between Creasy and Peter uh, the naturalness there is fantastic. That scene yeah. they have uh, in the dining room table, Peter's big creasy smile. Um, yeah. It's just great. And, you know, again, it's, this, is a, this is a revenge film. It was like two hours and you know, 20 minutes long or something like that. Mm. The revenge plot doesn't kick in until an hour in. And the patience the film shows to do that pays off because by the time she is kidnapped, because you've learned, because you've learned about those characters, because you sort of you've really been won over by those characters, you are ready for blood. We've seen this type of film before, but a lot of these types of films don't take the time to do that, which is why 
most other films are not as good as this film. It, Dakota is 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 very good in this as well, and I know I don't know how she, how old she's supposed to be in the film, but she does act. She's older than her years, essentially on screen. Is what I'm trying to say. She's very right. very mature, and and I know you know she's been given a script essentially to read, but I think. You know, maybe in, in another child actor's hands, it might have come across a little bit too contrived, a little bit cheesy. Um, but she I don't, I don't think there's been a better child actor than Dakota Fanning. But yeah, she's. I can say she's great. And I think in terms of what I read on IMDb today, I've done a lot of IMDb research, by the way. But what, <laughs> I, what, I, what I read today is that he stayed in character a lot on set, Denzel Washington. But And so I think some of those scenes they played together seem so natural because I think he was doing the creasy thing whilst they were just chilling out. And I think that just, that comes across on screen, screen quite nicely. I actually found the first half of the film more enjoyable than the second half, which surprised me because I'm a bit of an action hound at the best of times. But <laughs> once it sort of flipped and it just went into sort of revenge mode, I was like, oh, kind of missed the, <laughs> missed the development. I also miss being able to blink because <laughs> after she goes disappearing, the amount of cutscenes and weird camera angles and flickers and stuff just went went mental for a while there. Yeah, yeah. The different styles you get once the kidnapping happens serve to be and serve the character because it really puts you in Creasy's headspace. I think at the beginning of the film as well, you get a bit of that sort of, you know, crazy style because Creasy, again, is, he's out of it, he's broken. Yeah. And then when, uh, you know, as, as he starts to come out of his shell and sort of, you know, become a human again, you get less of that. Then when it flips again, it gets crazy again because it puts you in the mind space. Even, even the way the subtitles come up on screen, how they uh, sort of are introduced to to the film, I, I, like that, that works for me as well. Mm. Um, all, all the different sort of stylistic flourishes, I really enjoy it. I, from, from what I gather from the little uh, sort of, you know, reviews that I have read, very begrudgingly, because I still can't believe 39%. Um, <laughs> um, one, one of the things people were criticizing was the style, but it really, really worked for me. Yeah, uh, that's the main issue I think most of the critics had. But it, it does let us have, ultimately, what I love in movies is a tool up montage. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about war. Goddamn right, I'm talking about war. Where Give me these... a rocket launcher. Give me grenades. <laughs> me guns. I'm gonna Give stick a rocket launcher. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick a rocket launcher out the window in broad daylight to hit a Everyone. I loved, that, I loved how calm that old couple was. That elsewhere. Like, know. you know, this isn't the way to deal with things. And they're like, he's like. Sod off. I've got a rocket launcher. I don't care what you've got to say. It's going out I believe the very cool line is, forgiveness is between them and God. It's my job to arrange the meeting, which is yeah. awesome. I was talking, with the, talking about this film with Chris Hewitt the other day, and he was like saying, apart from that masterpiece line, there's no memorable lines. I was like, what That's Man on Fire true. film are you talking about? <laughs> well, there is two, isn't there? Because this is actually a remake of a 1980-something movie with Scott Glenn in it. So mm. and I didn't realise that. So, because um, when I was flicking through uh, on um, Amazon uh, to get this up, both of them come up. And then I was suddenly in a whole world of like, oh, shit. Because we do bad films, and one of and the original film was only like a two, three star, like maybe that's the one he meant we should have watched. <laughs> and we all sat around watching Denzel Washington nail it, and it's like, nah, nah, nah. It's the Scott Glenn one. Yeah, what yeah. are you doing? In a very different podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
if we want to just delve into the reasons again why I mean this movie didn't fare so well and and, and Matt what do you think about the, the second half of the movie are you on the fence in terms of at all or because I mean it's fresh in my mind I watched it last night so I I'm, yeah it's very clear and I think it influenced my night's sleep as well in places. <laughs> there's kind of two there's two ways of thinking about that second half of the film the first is, is, is that it's it is slightly jarring and confusing because it has got a lot of the cuts the other thing is is that um like Eamon says it it really does put you in his state of mind because the more hectic it is is it is at the parts where he's out of control so we get this mirrored in the first half of the film when he gets really drunk and he's about to kill himself we see lots of snap cuts and the the bad with the weird angles and the, the judders and stuff. Mm. Um, then it calms down. And I think this is kind of what the jar is. It calms down as he kind of like, as, uh, as uh, Dakota Fanning's character sort of brings him out and he starts to sort of like, you know, live and maybe calm down the drinking a bit. Although that seems to happen over about three days. Um, and then obviously once she gets kidnapped and uh, then the kidnapping goes wrong and he believes her to be dead, then it's all just like, eh. And you're like, oh mm. God, but it, it, it goes, it follows him. It follows how he's feeling. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's entirely, the whole film is from his point of view and from his mental state, which is why mm. it has that kind of jar to it. Because that's what's happened to him. He's been jarred, you know, twice. He's been jarred out of kind of suicidal depression. And then he's jarred back into that world where he doesn't care for his own life anymore. He just wants horrible instant revenge well he's, he's, he's definitely suffering from like severe psd from mm. from a previous role or job and everything and, and you know trying to re-integrate uh, into some into society looks at christopher walken the character paul rayburn sees this life that he you know he hasn't got he's got a he's got a kid he's got a, a beautiful wife and kids and a family and an estate and everything and he's quite powerful uh, in his circle and Denzel's broken completely isn't he he's kind of and it's like a redemption in a way it's do you get the critic response on that and do you see kind of how it may have lost the attention of the viewer potentially I don't I don't <laughs> because even if the stylistic flourishes don't work for you by that point the investment in the characters and what the characters are trying to do has been one at least it was for me so even if the stylistic stuff isn't working for you the potency of the plot stuff and the character stuff should carry you through i would have thought um i know that the other major criticism was that it was too violent and again i don't get that because for the same reason they've taken the time to really make you invest in these characters hmm. so by that point you know you love Peter just as much as Creasy does. So, of course, when she is taken from him and when he is shut up the way he is and knowing what the kidnappers are you know, about and what they say that they have done, you want that violent, you want these guys to pay in the worst way. Um, so, you know, and I, I don't understand the sort of this, this is too violent, they're taking it you know, too far. It's not like, you know, torture porn. You know, it's violence to a point. And they, and for me, it's, you know, entertaining to watch. Uh, so, yeah, the, the major criticism of this film at the time, I don't get it. Um, the 39% of the tomatoes, I mean, a curse on every negative <laughs> house. It's, because it's just ridiculous to me. 
That do we think in the um, 16 years that's happened since then, we've, we've seen so much more violence on the screen that like, oh, we yes. look back at this now and go, he should have, he should have done more saying. to that guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, while, you know, the critical reception at the time was not good, uh, history has proven that this movie stands the test of time. And I think if you ask critics today what they think of Man on Fire, you'll get a very different response. This film, for me, when I was watching it, reminded me of a few other movies of, of similar. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie that's come out recently, the Netflix Chris Hemsworth uh, film. Oh, Extraction. Yeah. 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 There was a bit in that, and I don't know whether, I, I mean, I've seen Man on Fire years ago, and I was expecting to see a scene with um, Dakota's character swimming again at the end and seeing a flash of him <laughs> at, the, at the poolside. But then I, I, I kind of had remembered that in my head as being the ending or like a, a, an ending. And I was waiting for the scene. I even waited to the end of the credits. It was there a post credit scene that I had not remembered. And it wasn't. I was just basically getting two movies very far apart in terms of uh, time, completely mixed up because a lot of that narrative is, is there. You know, Chris Hemworth's character in that has got like a very... Um, sad past. He's obviously, you know, got a lot of issues. Warms up to this kid, and, and there's the swimming thing. And um, <laughs> is he dead? Is he dead, or isn't yeah. he dead? And we love. I'd love. I'd love for Creasy not to be dead. But I, he Creasy is, isn't is he? definitely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, now I, I've you know, you're not the first person to liken Extraction to Man on Fire, but I think that is being very generous. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I applaud Extraction for the directional, the, the directional ambition to pull off that one. It was very impressive to watch. But other than that, you know, I've got issues with that one. The, the white saviorism of it all is yeah, yeah, yeah. an issue for me. And, you know, I like Chris Hemsworth. I think he's a great actor. I think, you know, Thor coming to Wakanda in Infinity War is the greatest scene in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love it to death. Yeah. But it's worth, let's not get it twisted. He's no Denzel Washington. No. Um, so, you know, there's that too. And but, talking you know, of violence, you, you, right? You, it's so much more violent, that film. Infinity I War. mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's quite yeah. brutal. No, like no, that, no. that opening kind of thing where he goes into the room and starts battering people to death. There's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. more violent yeah. than ending a man on fire, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. But I mean, you, you, you brought up the ending there. The ending to Man on Fire always makes me cry. Um, yeah. It's just, it just gets me right in the feels, man. And yeah, there the, the, was actually an, an alternate ending, which is online, which had Creasy walking into the main bad guy's home and blowing himself up. Um, but I'm really happy he went with you instead. You really you know, get the feels and again, it underlines that relationship between Peter and Creasy in a really big way. Uh, they are aping the Gladiator score a little bit, um, mm. but I will allow it because <laughs> it's so beautifully done. Um, the Gladiator is my favorite score of all time. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a film score nerd and that score, I think from top to bottom is just sensational. I'm, I'm basically dead on the inside and I felt something when we saw Dakota Fanning at the end, I was just like, mm. I gotta shock you. I cried, I cried twice. Twice? Now, yeah, oh yeah. Now listen, I cried when she, run, when she won the race in the, in the swimming race. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Because, because 
I was like Amon said, I was invested in that relationship, and you know, in that I three-day-old relationship. Yeah, <laughs> I, I may have had. I may have had a gin and tonic. <laughs> Bit of mother's ruin. Don't make excuses. <laughs> all frontier. Mantas are a good thing. <laughs> I had, I had, a, I had a weep, and I definitely, I definitely had a little another weep, Matthew, at the end when, yeah, when he's in the car and he's, well, you uh, just think, oh, oh. Please, I mean, I think, I live. think, well, one thing though, I would say is that um, Radha Mitchell, who plays. The, the mother, Lisa Ramos, I think she really underplays that reunion. And I, I was a bit disappointed in that because I think if you had discovered that your daughter was alive after believing she had been horrifically killed, you'd be absolutely hysterical. And, and she really underplays it to the point where it's just like, oh, oh, kiss a hug. And I, that took me out of it. Where you been up bit. to? <laughs> <laughs> where you been? <laughs> Um, Look how dirty your clothes are. <laughs> that that she she really underplayed it, and I, I, yeah, as a, you know, I would have been a completely hysterical mess. And uh, uh, but yeah, that's just a comment. More I like than the end. Else. I like I like the end. I like the stillness of it all. It was nice. I like the fact there was no shootout. There basically there was literally no violence at the end. There it's just the just somebody walking, sitting in a car, and have a yeah. bit of snooze. <laughs> it's bleak, isn't it? It's bleak. It's bleak. Okay. I just wanted to point out one thing that annoyed me for the film because we're about balance, right? So, yeah, some bad thing is done during the kind of like uh, kidnapping, phoning up sequence. They're they're in the house and they've got like everyone set up there to sort of trace calls and do whatnot. Is that there's like a large zebra in the background and some fuckers put post it notes on it. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed the zebra, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, I need to put this somewhere. Oh, that'll do. Just, I'm just gonna put this in the background as a yeah, a post-it note. And, and what's on those notes? Just what are they doing? What are they writing they're, down? They're notes that police we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will know if you freeze frame it and enhance, you'll be able to read what's on those notes. It's not Blade Runner. <laughs> Let's go to Twitter. We all agree this film is not. Yeah, a, yeah, it doesn't. doesn't it's not a bunker it. movie. No, no, no. There's a couple of people on Twitter have commented. So uh, Liam Dempsey of uh, Spotlight Podcast came and said, I vastly prefer the first half, which is some genuinely great focused character development leading up to the kidnapping, uh, to the second half uh, of Creasy painting his so-called masterpiece of shoving bombs up, bums up blokes. So-called? Lee Hallam on Twitter said, Creasy doesn't die as he becomes Robert McCall. We can agree. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. That's what we're saying. Phil T. Flippers at Flippers on Twitter said, I'm pretty sure Casey doesn't die in the car at the end. He just falls asleep out of boredom. Oh, oh come on. Come on. Um, I'd what have is prefer- this guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> he then says, I'd have preferred if the film was just Creasy training the girl for the swimming competition. Well, yeah, we would have all seen that movie as well. He could have done a, a, that, that uh, film too. What, what uh, those, most of those critics, critical things show is it's just how strong that first half of the film is. Just because yeah. they didn't prefer the second half as much doesn't mean it wasn't strong. So yeah, what they had uh, was a really good first half and a really good second half. They slightly preferred the first half more. Da- Darren Cooper, this is the last one. Darren Cooper on Twitter says, this shouldn't be anywhere near the bunker, which is a good way to end it. If we were to draw a graph of my process, of my method, something like this. Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian.
Okay, Amon, thanks again for coming on, man. It's been brilliant. Uh, this, this film's been a, a joy to watch again, as I said. Amon, where can we hear you or see you next? I am on Twitter at a woman. Uh, where can you hear me next? I am on TalkSport Radio every week talking about movies and now TV shows. Uh, so you can find that. Uh, and I will be in the forthcoming issue of Empire Magazine, which will be released in a couple of weeks. Got a few bits and bobs in that, uh, which will hopefully make for a fun read. Excellent. We we'll look of forward to so. reading that. If you like the podcast and you're a regular listener and you haven't yet rated, subscribed or downloaded the back catalogue, because it's always good to revisit those episodes and listen to them again, write a review, <laughs> uh, leave a comment wherever you can on social media as well. The website address, Matthew, you like doing that bit? Uh, www.moviebunkerpodcast.com Oh, yes. Brilliant. So until next time, see you with another Bunker movie. Bunker out, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye, Amon. Peace.